Hi, everyone. My name is Mark Snyder. Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoons, Long Island Chamber Maps. Let me introduce my three guests this morning. Steve Wangle, president of the Lindbrook Chamber of Commerce and the owner of the Kitchen Loft of Nassau County. Be prepared to think differently about kitchen design. Terry Catapano Black, executive board member of the Bethpage Chamber of Commerce and the owner of Century 21 Catapano Homes Real Estate. And also Steve Wicks, president of the Floral Park Chamber of Commerce and the owner of One Sound NYC, a DJ and dance entertainment company. Steve, Terry, Steve, thanks for joining us this morning on Chamber Chatter. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. I'd like to start the program like I always do, and that's by having each one of you tell us a little bit about the community you serve. Steve Wangle, what many people still don't know is that the name Lindbrook is derived by dividing Brooklyn into its syllables and transposing them. Brooklyn, Lindbrook. And that's a tribute to the original home, Brooklyn, of many of the town's turn-of-the-century residents. So how's life in the village of Lindbrook? We, we, we're not without our challenges, but uh, we are doing great in our community. Uh, we have just started, or the MTA has just started construction on the, um, the upgrade of our, of our train station. We are ripe for development, and uh, we have a downtown that's coming back and, and becoming very vital. We've got the addition of some new restaurants, which is attracting some business. And, of course, we recently saw the opening of the upgraded Regal Cinema, which is definitely not hurting our downtown. That's good. How's my buddy Dominic doing at Il Pozzo? He's he's doing very well. He's, it, it, it has been an unbelievably popular hotspot for him, and he is absolutely one of the anchors of our of our shopping strip. A little shameless plug for my friend. What tell us about Il Pozzo? What, what kind of restaurant is that? It is a wine bar, and uh, they serve tapas. It's uh, kind of a meet and greet place, um, and uh, the folks just seem to love it. Great. Terry, your town just hosted the PGA tournament in May. Yes, we did. How are things in the Bethpage business community? Uh, Bethpage is a beautiful hamlet. We are an unincorporated hamlet. We are not a village, which is something which has presented some struggles in that we are, our first layer of government is the town of Oyster Bay. Uh, Bethpage is a beautiful um, downtown in that it is actually naturally formed by the 600 acres of the state park, which has hosted U.S. Opens, PGA tournaments. And we have a very large industrial park, formerly Northrop Grumman, which now hosts movie theaters, Gold Coast Studios, um, Amazon, FedEx. And so we have a natural border in that we have a nice downtown that has formed in between. And um, easy to get to. We have a Ronkonkoma. Uh, we're on the Ronkonkoma line, so we have a train stop, and we are also um, two exits for the Seaford Oyster Bay. So it's a very convenient place, but yet we're nestled in there very nicely. I've spent a little bit of time in that uh, the Grumman uh, Industrial Park. Mm -hmm. What is it called now? The, the new uh, Gold. Um, is it Gold Coast Studios? Uh, the Beth Page. Uh, there's several different sections of it, but Best, Steel Beth, Equities, pa right? Beth Page Industrial Park, Steel Equities. Right. Um, there's quite a bit in there. There's a lot of business back there. Yes, it's developed very, very nicely. And, you know, if you go way, way in the back, you know there's a cemetery back there, too? I did know that. Yes, I do. the original um, yes. inhabitants. Um, settlers. Settlers, yeah. We have a very strong historical society in Bethpage, and they do very well with the markers. And, and we were aware of that, very much aware of it. There's another one on the other side of town uh, that we um, and different groups, including the Historical Society and the Boy Scouts, maintain. Steve Wicks, uh, Floral Park is about 15 miles west of the WCWP studios. And when I attended college here back in the uh, 1980s, I used to drive regularly to my then girlfriend, now wife's house on Cunningham Avenue. So I know Floral Park very well. Tell us what's going on in the village. Well, right now a lot. Um, there's uh, a lot of development with the, the third track and uh, the New York Islanders are now going to be part of Belmont Park. And for us... Um, you know, there's uh, there's excitement around the uh, development and infrastructure. Um, just uh, as we, uh, obviously we move towards, you know, the future of business, and um, you know, downtown Flow Park is really uh, it's got a cozy feeling, where uh, something that Belmont Park can't really take away from. So for us, it's uh, it's it's always going to have a small town feel, and our community is really tight knit. 
and it's it's a it's a it's a town that also kind of thrives on coming together when it comes to volunteering for uh, charitable events, and um, and you know keeping keeping Floral Park beautiful along with the with with its name, right? So Floral Park is uh, recently voted as um, uh, number one, one of the safest towns in, in the USA, and also uh, I think per square mile, it's got. Uh, I think five thousand seven hundred eighty-one trees. Um, you did your homework. That was in the yes, paper yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> second for us, uh, most concentrated town in the city, in I guess the the five boroughs. Yes, and you get credit for that because part well, of your well, town, we're a border town, is you know? in Queens. Yeah. But yeah, the second uh, most concentrated in terms of uh, trees and and growth. Yeah, which so, makes it desirable. So a big a big part of um, you know our our representation of Flow Park is is beautification. So we want to make sure that we're a destination that people come to and they say, wow, it's beautiful. Or, or there's a, you know, there's a, there's an energy, there's a, you know, there's a vibrant uh, feeling when you, when you visit us. A lot of beautiful Tudor homes in Floral Park as well. There is. So I mentioned my wife, um, so she grew up on Cunningham Avenue, which is right, uh, and right on the corner of Covert. Mm-hmm. Now the Covert Avenue shopping district, for those of you listening who don't know, it's actually, uh, it's a thriving community. Uh, business community. But one side is Floral Park, the other side is Stewart Manor. Correct. And that appears to me is governed by its own sort of uh, chamber or merchants association, right? The, they do. The they Covert have like, Avenue Merchants Association? They, yeah, uh, Chamber of Commerce. They chamber have. of Commerce. Um, do you work with them? Are you are they like a chamber within your chamber or are they kind of doing their own thing? Uh, they're, they do their own thing, but for me, I'm someone who grew up in Floral Park and went to the schools in Floral Park. And, Local boy makes good here, folks. Yeah, and uh, I never planned it that way, but that's the way life works out. And uh, it's been a beautiful thing because, you know, I can speak to, you know, the experience of being in the town my whole life and knowing that, to me, Flow Park is Flow Park because I went to both schools. I went to Flow Park Memorial and Sawanica. You did. So, um, you know, for for the way that we operate, we kind of just, uh, we have chamber members that are a part of Covert Avenue as well. And, uh, and we work together and, uh, you know, we participate in both street fairs is the Covert Avenue street fair. And, uh, you know, we run, I run the, the Flow Park Tulip Avenue street fair along the, uh, Belmont States weekend. So, which is like a mm. huge, huge weekend in town. So that Covert Avenue chamber is somewhat embedded in the Floral Park chamber. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's our neighbor. And, uh, we play nice with everybody and, mm. um, well, half the business are yours. Yeah. 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 So on the, on the one side of the street there. Anyway, so um, thank you for bringing us up to up to date on your communities. Uh, all three towns today have been in the news recently. Steve Wangle, a few weeks ago, your vice president spoke at a press conference regarding a natural gas line that is affecting a number of your retailers. Um, I'm sure there are people in our audience have no idea what I'm talking about. Can you uh, bring us up to date on that situation? Sure, Mark. Let me let me get everybody up to speed. <clears throat> Sorry, and uh, th- this isn't. It, it's larger than Lindbrook, but we seem to have taken a, a front seat on the advocacy. Uh, long story short, the uh, National Grid decided that they would need a second pipeline coming in from New Jersey in order to serve future needs for gas. Uh, They put in an application to the state. The state declined to give them permission to build the second pipeline. In response, National Grid placed a moratorium on new gas service and upgraded gas service. So this is anything from a 200-unit condominium, which wants to heat with gas, right down to your next-door neighbor who is heating with oil and wants to upgrade to gas. There is just no movement in, in that at all. It specifically affects us because one of our newer establishments, and this is Il Pozo, the one we were talking about before, uh, has barely enough gas to run his cooking equipment. And when the winter comes, he was not when he when he put in the application, he was denied an upgraded meter. And when the winter comes, he's just not going to be able to heat his building. So he's in a pickle. Uh, we also have a steakhouse that wants to open across the street, will not be able to obtain uh, adequate gas service. And as, as we start to look at this, so this is affecting 
the rate of vacancy on our downtown. This is affecting homeowners who want to switch to a cleaner source of energy. And it's it's not just Lindbrook-wide or Nassau-wide. This moratorium affects Nassau and Suffolk counties, the five boroughs of New York City, and lower Westchester County. So as much as we are one of the few villages that has brought this issue to light, this is something that affects everybody and the devastation on, on towns like ours that want to get into a revitalization and development plan just puts the brakes on hard and heavy for us. So this is a major issue. Now, Steve, if I read that article correctly, are there uh, businesses that are under the railroad trestle there that do not have gas service? That's correct. So in the winter, they, they don't have any heat? Did that- I read that right? That's correct. There are stores that are still vacant that are unrentable. Uh, there is a uh, there is one, uh, I believe it's a tra- personal training studio that's there that is currently open. She's able to air condition the place, but when it gets cold and she doesn't get gas service, uh, she's basically out of business. And what about across the way? You've got, I think there's a restaurant across the street from there and, and the cigar shop. Are they also without heat? Um, the cigar shop opened up before the moratorium began on May 15th. So anybody who is anybody who put in their application before May 15th will be provided with gas service. But right now, I believe, and, and if I'm correct, there are 2,500 businesses and residents who have applied for gas who have been denied. So even once the valves open and they start servicing these customers and providing them with gas service, it's going to be a while before we're caught up with all 25. 500 of those, and then starting to process new applications. This is a huge story, and uh, you're going to hear more and more about it. Um, it's getting starting to get a lot more front page coverage. Uh, right now, though, most of the front page coverage is going to the community of Beth Page. Um, Terry, Beth Page seems to be in the news on almost a weekly basis now regarding the water plume. Um, you were just in, back in the news yesterday, and I appreciate you being here today because you also serve on the Beth Page Water District Board of Directors. And it was touch and go for a while there, whether Terry would make it, but she uh, made the extra effort to come to the studio today. So thank you for that. A um, little history on what's going on uh, in Beth Page. I know it's a long story, but maybe you can yeah. give well, us the first uh, and foremost, condensed um, version. A big drive to, uh, to re-educate everyone that this is not the Beth Page plume. It is the Northrop Navy um, Grumman plume. So we have struggled with the idea that people think that this is the Beth Page plume, which of course affects all of the residents. I do apologize. In my notes, I do say regarding the North Northrop Grumman Navy plume. Yes. I didn't say that one. Yes. I, I so did the, refer to it as the Beth Page um, plume. And we have had conversations with Newsday on this, that we felt it was important that Beth Page did not create this plume. And actually, technically, uh, when you look at the maps, this extends down to Massapequa, uh, the Southern State Parkway. It is migrating at a very fast rate. We have been, or I have been personally, uh, my whole adult life fighting with the residents of Beth Page to have the polluters um, become accountable, the Navy, north of Grumman. It was a different world when the plume was created, but um, certainly technology exists today. We're very fortunate that um, the DEC and Governor Cuomo has put forth a plan, and that's what the news article was about yesterday. The plan was comprehensive that would remediate this plume and encapsulate it because it is heading south towards the Great South Bay. So it's very, very important. It is no longer an issue just for Bethpage or South Farmingdale. This has become a regional issue and one that we hope we have. This is the closest we've come that this governor and the DEC has been really strong in their plan and has basically now um, helped us to hold these polluters accountable because, quite frankly, um, it you know this is it's one of 600 plumes on Long Island and one of 252 Superfund sites, but it certainly is one that is nationally known and uh, for very good reasons that people feel very. Um, um, I don't know what the right word is, but passionate. Uh, yes, that this needs to be finally. Um, these people have to be held accountable that, hey, listen, it happened. We know that, but we're past that. Just clean it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really don't want our friends and neighbors down in Massapequa and Farmingdale and other towns south of us to to walk a mile in our high heels. You know, the article speaks about wellhead treatment. Uh, yes. And this is something that's really important as a Bethpage Water Commissioner. The water that Bethpage serves in all of the districts meets and exceeds all state and federal standards. You can treat to this, but the expense and the cost, and that should not be to the Bethpage or the South Farmingdale or Massapequa residents. And 
that was actually their comment in the paper yesterday that, you know, so we're actually being penalized for the good job that we do for our residents. And that's not the way to handle this problem. They have the technology, the science exists to remediate and encapsulate this plume. So hopefully right. that will happen this year with because, the governor and the DEC. Because if you treat the water at the head, what if, if that fails? Well, exactly. That's what actually our um, uh, superintendent remarked and, and, pumping and the dirty engineer. Water into the uh, well, you know, we do have many, many safeguards available. You know, it, you know, Backups. it's it's not going to go out that way. But the fact of the matter is, is that the plan uh, and anyone can go on the DEC website and review it. It is very comprehensive, but it is to completely remediate and remove this plume. And it can be done. But there's a cost. And obviously, Northrop Grumman and the Navy will be responsible for that. It's a 100-year plan. Well, it's a 100-year plan. That's another thing I take some issue with, that if they really speak about um, the majority of the plume would be cleaned in the first, you know, 15 to 20 years. In 100 years, there would not be a speck of it left. But Mm. they don't really, you know. But again, this is part of... um, the news coverage. So, talking about treating 17 millions of ga- gallons of water a day. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of water. It is. Okay, Steve Wicks, uh, two issues currently impacting the Floral Park community. We'll talk about one now. We'll take a quick break. We're going to talk about the other one. Sure. Let's talk about first the Long Island Railroad third track, which begins this new third track they're going to be installing at Floral Park. How is that going to impact your business community? Well, it's already impacting the business community and uh, where it sits right now is it begins at the Float Park Station, which is uh, above grade. And uh, they're uh, actively installing, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the third track. And so there's, you know, obviously street closures and, um, you know, blocked access points to downtown Tulip Avenue. And then you have Covert Avenue, which is at grade, um, where uh, you're, the, it's, it's cut off right now because they're digging underground to, um, you know, to create entry. Um, underneath the, the railroad. And so that's where Covert Avenue is really taking So the road hit. is actually going under the tracks now? Yeah, it will be. Kind of like they have in Roslyn? Not, not Roslyn, in uh, Mineola? Yeah, yeah. Really? So it's going to go under the tracks? Wow, that's yeah. quite a drop. Yeah, so, but you have to imagine that's, that's months of road closures. So all the traffic's uh, being redirected to uh, South 12th and then New Hyde Park Road. Um, but... Again, for all the, the uh, shopping districts and uh, shopping district on Covert, you're blocked off. So that's uh, that's a big hurt on Covert Avenue. And how is it impacting the businesses? It's uh, it's not good. They- it's not good. They're definitely feeling the, uh, the, the you know the economic effects. When we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, new Islanders Arena that's being built, and we're going to play Genie in a Bottle. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. listening to a podcast from LIU Studios. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to this show on your podcast app of choice. For more of our programs or to support LIU Studios, visit wcwp.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and wcwp.org. My name is Mark Snyder. And Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders. It's been underwritten by MapTunes Long Island Chamber Maps and the MapTunes Shoppers Discount Card and mobile app. Let me reintroduce my three guests. Steve Wangel, president of the Lindbrook Chamber of Commerce. Terry Catapano-Black, executive board member with the Bethpage Chamber. And Steve Wicks, president of the Floral Park Chamber of Commerce. Steve, we were talking to you before we took a quick break, and I just wanted to touch on... Uh, the new the new New York Islanders arena that has finally gotten approval to move forward. Um, it's going to be built at Belmont Racetrack. And um, there was mostly approval, but there was some pushback, predominantly from the Floral Park community. Um, what can you tell us about that? What were the issues? So, in the beginning, the plans weren't very clear. And... Um they uh, they were trying to come up with a really big development in terms of a hotel and uh, and a shopping district, which was downgraded after some of the pushback because there was no backing uh, in in some of the um, some of the uh, the the routing with uh, with traffic and measuring um, 
the impact, uh, the environmental impact of what those kind of plans would do. So um, since scaling back, obviously you've heard that they, you know, it is approved. And uh, for us, as it relates to business, it's still a little unclear as to, you know, why there's a, uh, there's a huge shopping district going in along Hempstead Turnpike, which for us is kind of like out of place uh, because it's mm. supposed to be high-end retail. And for us, uh, you know, especially our, our restaurant, uh, local restaurants uh, are very concerned about uh, the impact that that, you know, could have with, uh, you know, when people come into an event, uh, maybe at Belmont Park or for the Islanders, that uh, it's going to, you know, it's going to draw away business. Now, I know that the Elmont Chamber, in fact, we're going to have Elmont Chamber on uh, next month. Um, the Elmont Chamber, though, they endorsed it. Yet that downtown could really use an influx of, uh, of traffic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we've, we've, I've sat with them uh, in meetings and, um, you know, their opinion is, uh, you know, I mean, they feel like, you know, they need a little re- revitalization along Hempstead Turnpike. And I, and I, could, I could see it. Um, that would be sort of their crown jewel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but again, you know, just, uh, just the high end retail, just, it's, uh, it, it doesn't really make sense for us. Mm. So the, the floor park chamber didn't, didn't endorse the project. Not, not the, it's not the Islanders. You know, I, th- I think the Islanders coming to, you know, staying in Nassau County is, a, is actually a great thing. Uh, I actually have a, a stake in fitness as well. And, uh, I think that if we can, you know, continuing to inspire the youth to be active, uh, it's a, it's a great thing. And by, and by having a professional sports team on Long Island, um, it, it'll do that. But when it comes to the, the commerce and, and, and how it affects, like I said, what we do as small business people, Flow Park is, is heart and soul, all small business. Yes. Uh, so that's why we take it very personal because it's, it's a matter of us, you know, feeding our kids and, and, you know, um, and, and just, you know, keeping it, keeping it the way it is, keeping it small. Well, let's hope that uh, your concerns are allayed and everything uh, runs smoothly and life goes on for Floor Park without a hitch. Hope so. All right, let's play Genie in a Bottle. Steve Wangle. Let's say it's a month from now. It's October 5th and you're attending the Lindbrook Oktoberfest at Grice Park. And let's just say that you buy a beer. I don't even know if they sell beer. But you open it up, and rather than a sudsy foam coming out, a genie pops out. Grants you three wishes for the Lindbergh Chamber. What are they? Oh, well, I, I wouldn't so much look at it as a genie in a bottle. Uh, there are certain things that we looked at uh, as a Chamber of Commerce that we need to bring to fruition. One of them, and I'm sure this, this challenge is shared by uh, Stephen Terry, is engaging our membership and increasing our membership roles. Uh, we're working very hard to reinforce the value proposition that the Limburg Chamber of Commerce offers its members. Um, we not only offer uh, the opportunity for them to, to network with other members, but the other is that we are the voice of our business community and we need to dovetail our needs with the needs of the Limburg community and implement programs and solutions that benefit the businesses as well as the residents. Um, the other thing that we need to do, and, and we hear this uh, very often, but it, it's starting to turn into rhetoric, but we need to engage our, our, our local residents to shop local. And there's a, a level of customer service that you don't get in a big box store and you don't get it in, in, in the Internet. And there's an experience that you have when you shop local that just increases the value of whatever it is that you're buying. So we need to reinforce the proposition that shopping local uh, is a better experience for the shopper. But the other, the flip side of that coin is big boxes and, and the internet retailers like Amazon don't support the smaller charities within a village. So the sports teams don't receive money from them. The the, the, the school-based charities don't receive money. Uh, the community chest in Lindbrook gets not a dime from Amazon. These are supported by local businesses and fair is as fair does. Uh, we can continue to support our community if our community continues to support us. 
Uh, the other thing that, that uh, would be that, that on that wish list, and again, we're working to implement this, is to promote positive development that is right-sized for the Lindbergh community. So retail development, uh, rather residential development um, sh- that comes in should have a maximum impact on tax relief while having a minimal impact on the services that it draws from our DPW, from our school district, so that at the end of the day, there is residual tax revenue that would go to relieve, um, at the very least, village taxes and and, uh, school taxes for our residents. And we hope to make it clear that this is important for them as well as it is for the business community. Are you talking specifically about the development that was recently rejected on Merrick Road? It was a housing project, I think, that was going to go in where the roller skating rink is. And was that what you're talking about when you talk about, you know, proper development? You could uh, pluck leaves off a tree and each one would be a different development. And we have seen in the past where there has been negative rhetoric about certain developments. And this goes back 20 odd years. There there are several sites in Lindbrook that are ripe for development, but there were just a small handful of naysayers who just didn't want to get it done. And the village government kind of backed down. Uh, one of them that you're talking about was in the old hot skates area right. where somebody wanted to build, uh, I believe that one was a condominium development, and there was some negative chatter about it, and it got shut right down. And what the community of Lindbrook is going to receive instead of that is more storage facilities, which I, I, I just don't see a massive need for that uh, as much as some transit-oriented housing. Uh, There was another one that became uh, a main element of a very contentious mayoral election this year where a developer wanted to come in and build some high-end luxury rentals. And we're not we're not talking we're we're talking about um, premium apartments that would have been one bedroom and studio apartments. So we're not talking about anybody with school age kids. Uh, This would have been with a concierge with with uh, services for the tenants uh, specifically I couldn't say offhand but we're talking about things like uh, a gym a community center uh, that developer also wanted to gift to the village of Lindbrook uh, a 400 stall parking garage which would have given us much needed relief uh, most lately there is a distressed piece of property which was one of those I'll put this in the air quotes uh, one of those no-tell motels that was finally condemned uh, the same developer who wanted to build the large project is looking to do something on a much smaller scale. Also, it's going to be a high-end rental, and he's looking for community support and community input. Hmm. So take your pick. <laughs> well, no, that's a, those are three good wishes, and you obviously um, you've got your uh, finger on the pulse of what's happening in your town. Terry, uh, let's say you're playing a round of golf. Beth Page Black, because I know you're an avid golfer. <laughs> oh, I have so much <laughs> And as you're yes. walking on the fairway, you spot a lantern, right? You pick it up, you give it a rub, out comes a genie. You got three wishes for Beth Page. What are they? I agree with Steve. The fact is that we do have wishes, but they're actually and hopefully plans that will be implemented. First and foremost, um, we're very fortunate in the uh, geographical layout of our quote-unquote air quote, downtown, in that we actually have a defined downtown. We'd like to, as a chamber, though, reach out more to the outlying areas, which actually through MapTunes, we'll give MapTunes a plug, you helped us in uh, increasing our membership, and we do have some uh, executive board members now that are from outside of the quote-unquote known downtown area. Mm -hmm. But we have a very unique situation that we've been working on for a very long time. About 20 years ago, we worked with Eric Alexander from Vision Long Island. We actually just hired Eric about a year ago. Um, He is now working with the community of Bethpage once again, because unlike uh, Steve to my left and right, Bethpage is not an incorporated village. And as such, we face some challenges in that that first layer of government being the town. It's, you know, not to criticize the town, it's a very big town. So uh, the needs of Bethpage, we feel, are very specific. 
and very different than even other town sh- uh, hamlets within the town of Oyster Bay. But we're very lucky because if you look at the location of Bethpage, we actually, as I mentioned earlier, we have a um, train station that's on the Ronkonkoma branch, which is the main branch of the Long Island Railroad. And a good percentage of our uh, residents are walking distance to that train station. What we lack is, first and foremost, parking. And there are uh, Town of Oyster Bay parking requirements to bring in new businesses and restaurants and industry. And we understand that. But we do need to look. And when you look at our downtown, you notice it more on the weekends when it's empty. The large part of our downtown is a municipal parking lot, which doesn't make sense because the train station now that the trains have become longer over the past few decades is actually on the west side of Stewart Avenue and all of the parking or except for maybe 20 slips are is on the east side hmm. so we actually have a couple of different issues going on here uh, we actually have the deadliest grade level station in the state of New York and that's according to the NTSB um, and Several people have been killed at the train, including my own mother. Um, but ironically, Sorry to hear that. yeah, that was 20 years ago. And we've been fighting this long to try to get this accomplished. The parking and the parking deck that we're now working with some of those industrial neighbors and commercial neighbors that you mentioned earlier um, to place it on the west side of Stewart Avenue, which then not only creates, we'd like an underpass or an overpass because presently at the Bethpage train station, there is neither. Um, right. You're running across Stewart Avenue, exactly. which is like, what, six lanes? Um, well, more people have been killed or hurt crossing Stewart Avenue than hit by the train, and my mother was the 13th person killed oh. there. So it needs to be addressed, and we've been working very, very actively with all levels of government because that is the biggest challenge. And recently working with, um, as I said, all of our elected officials and with the MTA to look at Beth Page and to say, you know, to be able to accomplish, first and foremost, in my opinion, the safety issues surrounding that railroad station. But then to be able to, when you look at Beth Page on the east side, that is our downtown. Now we can retrofit some merchant parking, retrofit some nice green spaces to actually be able to do this in today's world in an area as dense as Nassau County, Long Island. It's 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 unbelievable. It's an unbelievable opportunity. So we see it there. We have not given up. As I said, this year we rehired because Eric uh, had worked with our community 20 years ago. And we, we did a downtown revitalization with some crosswalks and such. But with this, we're looking more towards the stakeholders. There's some large stakeholders now in downtown Bethpage, landowners, to do the um, the transit orientated housing because you do have a few apartments in Bethpage, but not many. We certainly can stand uh, for more. And But not having the village, it's it's really incumbent upon the Chamber of Commerce. We have a very active community council, which is like the United Nations of Bethpage, which all member organizations are a part of, that we get together and demonstrate to the town of Oyster Bay This is what we want to see here. We want to be able to see that we can retrofit some parking, which then would benefit the downtown, the stores, and, of course, the residents, which would then encourage people, as Steve mentioned, people to come down and to utilize our village and our services, uh, village for lack of a better term, because uh, we do have a lot of um, residents as of late who have looked at some of the tremendous um, improvements in some of the other local villages and hamlets around us and saying, why not us? So we agree with them and we are going to be, hopefully, if I'm here this time next year, we'll be laying out the whole master plan with you. But there's a lot of moving parts and we get that, but we certainly are very, very optimistic because the opportunity is there. This is the first I'm hearing of that, and I love oh, okay. it. I love it. Now, okay. where would the parking be west of Stewart? Isn't that a residential area back No. Then? As a matter of fact, where we're looking at, if you look at a map, that's industrial property. It was formerly Grumman property, and at one time, uh, we actually came very, very close. This was prior to my mother being killed because um, I had no idea at that time, even the other challenges that were present at that train station. But at that time, the Long Island Railroad and the MTA were not looking towards parking decks, but that's industrial property back there. 
So presently, it's owned by Steel Equities, and we've spoken with the principals there. And they're, they're members actually, of your Chamber of Commerce. They're members. They're they're very active members and sponsors, and um, they are willing to. Now, obviously, they're business people. They have to be concerned about leaving enough parking for their buildings that are there. But it's really a win-win for the entire community because then all of that parking, uh, you know, behind those other stores now can be merchant parking and downtown parking. I love parking. it. Yeah, I love it'll, it. It'll, it's the first I'm hearing about yeah, it. I love a, it. It's a great plan, think, yeah, right? it's a great plan. Yes. It's a great plan. And just remember, the journey of a 1,000 miles begins with a single the first step. step. A single right. step. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, when we come back, we are going to hear from Steve Wicks. We'll play Genie in a Bottle with Steve. And then also, we're going to play a new uh, game called Ask a President, where I'll stop asking the questions and let each one of our guests take the mic for a quick sec. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. You're listening to a podcast from LIU Studios. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to this show on your podcast app of choice. For more of our programs or to support LIU Studios, visit WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. What is Chamber Chatter? It's a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. My three business leaders today, Steve Wangle, president of the Lindbrook Chamber of Commerce, Terry Catapano-Black, executive board member with the Beth Page Chamber of Commerce, and Steve Wicks, president of the Floral Park Chamber of Commerce. So when we left off, we were playing Genie in a Bottle, and it was Steve's turn. So Steve, Wicks, this is Steve Wicks, not Steve Wangle, Steve Wicks. I don't know why I booked you guys together. That wasn't the smart. Steve part. W's too. <laughs> it's, yeah, how, how, how could that possibly happen? Anyway, so Steve, uh, you're swimming at the Floral Park Village Pool, and you see a bottle floating by. You can play along with me here. Yeah, yeah. You open the bottle, out pops a genie, offers three wishes for your chamber. What are they? Well, uh, I think probably the most important is to get uh, more active uh, volunteers involved in the chamber. And and a lot of things I'll talk about is going to kind of echo Terry and Steve, so I won't bore everybody. But, you know, the main thing is this. um, I think that technology is a great thing, but I think it's also uh, something that people uh, express their opinions on, um, but that we're lacking some of the action. And so uh, really what I need people to do is get out, and be more active in your community, help out a chamber of commerce, um, help out Alliance Club, help out whatever, uh, pick up a piece of garbage on the street. And that's, you know, just something small that everybody can do to, to make not only the chamber, uh, you know, a, a, a better representation for the village, but, um, you know, obviously it, it takes more than just the chamber. It takes, it takes the residents. It takes, it takes a village. It takes everybody. So, so what you're saying is less complaining, more action. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of complaints everywhere yeah. these days, but, um, but it's all good, you know, keeping it positive. Just as a sidebar, uh, my mom was president of an art league uh, when she was younger, and there were people in, that were in the art league who would say, you know what, we should be doing this, and we should be doing that, and she used to say, you know what, when you take over as president next, you can implement that program, and then people would quiet down yeah and, so. and your father's here today and uh you know my grandfather had a heavy influence on me he was a world war ii vet and a, a korean war vet and um you know he gave me the work ethic hands down so there wasn't really complaining it was a hey you know this this has to get done or you know you can go play after yeah i'll give my dad who's in the studio i'll give him <laughs> credit for my work ethic thank you dad <laughs> You're welcome. thank you okay. thank you for your service all right. Next, number two. Um, well, uh, I mean, I would love to uh, revitalize um, Flow Park, and uh, you know, we've always talked about having some curbside dining, or uh, or even like an outdoor space where people can congregate. Um, and hey, music is a great thing. I'm a music guy, and uh, music can cre- can create an atmosphere. But uh, like I said, I think it's also just kind of um, you know celebrating and. Um, and, and, you know, creating an energy uh, for hanging out in Flow Park. So 
and it's 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 everywhere. Everyone goes to Brooklyn or the or to Manhattan to go hang out and do these things. Why aren't they hanging out in Long Island? Because no I way. think they it's starting to happen. It's starting to change. You started to, to see it in some like but the I Farmingdales, yeah. right, and the Patchogs yeah. and the Huntingtons, and you're starting to see towns like Lindbrook and Beth Page and Floral Park all want to capture a little bit. Exactly. Of that. You know, I have a daughter who she lives in Brooklyn now, but a couple of years ago when she was living at home. Her friends would actually get on the train in Massapequa and drive, you know, take the train into Rockville Center. Mm. And they'd spend, yeah. or they'd take it into Wanto, mm-hmm. or they'd go out to Babylon Village. And it was great to see that. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, she, she was 18, 19, 20 years old and taking a bunch of her friends, and they would just ride the train up and down. So um, I know that's what everybody here in this room wants. So, yeah. And, you know, you just have to think about how business is, uh, has changed uh, over the last 10, 20 years. Uh, you know, you have to make business more exciting. Uh, it's, you know, if, if you don't, I mean, Amazon's going to take over everybody. So you got to give people reasons to, to come out and to come to your restaurant or come step into your store, um, you know, and having exciting businesses around you or on the same block are, are reasons why they're going to, somebody might look at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's two wishes. Uh, the third, um, you know, I, I, I kind of want to, uh, well, I don't want to repeat everybody, but uh, for us to, because we're so big on small business, parking is really a big thing because you think about why people go to a Target or to, you know, you know, a Home Depot or, you know, the, the shops that are in those parking lots that are just easy to get to. You can park and, and go to different places, but in some of the small villages, you can't. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a hassle to park and people don't want the hassle. It's a chronic problem. Yeah. In the small towns, and then they don't, they don't want a ticket, right? You, do, you some people don't park because they're just you know they don't want to put twenty five cents, or they don't even have they don't even carry change or cash in their pockets anymore. So it's true. So you need true. more parking. Yeah, and Terry's park. trying to get rid of hers. <laughs> oh, no, actually, we're we're going to like quadruple it because that is an issue. Yeah. People can't find a parking spot; they yeah. don't come back. I'll right. buy it online. How about that? Right? <laughs> That's what we're dealing true. against. Yeah. So, thank you, by the way, for. Uh, sharing your thoughts. Um, on several occasions, uh, after we record our program, I've had guests come up to me and say, oh boy, I wanted to speak to that president or, 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 or that woman or about something about their chamber or, you know, and it, and they had already left. And it got me thinking that this program could be and should be a good forum for sharing ideas um, and that I could help facilitate that dialogue through the program. So with that in mind, uh, I'm going to introduce a program today called, um, or a feature called Ask a President. And since I have three presidents in front of me, um, I'll turn the mic over to you. So I'll start with Steve Wangle. Steve, um, what question do you have for one or the other two presidents? Well, first of all, Mark, I'm noticing a trend where I get the hot, she- hot seat first. Yes. So <laughs> thanks for that. I get to break it. You seem to be the else. most pre- well prepared. Oh. I, I will say this, and you have a five-minute conversation with, with any board member of any chamber of commerce, and you start to realize, short of a few distinctions, we all share a lot of common problems. Uh, so, for example, we've been talking today about parking, about engaging consumers. Uh, we all run the gamut of those, and we all need to be more interactive. So my question would be for either of uh, my compatriots. With, with larger retail establishments, the department stores, the Coles, the J.C. Penney's, falling victim and being cannibalized by the online retailers like Amazon, um, and with smaller businesses, our retailers, our service providers getting caught in that crossfire, um, what steps are you taking or what steps would you take to engage with your community and demonstrate the value and necessity of shopping locally? Well, I agree with what Steve had said said earlier, that there is um, a culture of people who are quick to criticize, but not realizing the importance of um, really just the financial situation that if you would like the downtown to thrive, you need to support the downtown. But in their defense, part of the issue is, and this is why Beth Page is focusing strongly on this, is, um, as Steve to my right had said, the parking, if a, if someone comes to your establishment and they can't find a parking spot, they may come once, they may come twice, but by the third time, they'll go 
in a, you know, everyone's in a hurry today. You know, you have, you know, dual income houses and people are really busy. So I think to that end, by providing more parking and more convenience, it, it will help the downtown to flourish. So that's something that we see in Bethpage as our core issue. And mm. from that, build it and it will come. We, we realize that that will be, you know, the core of the plan. And without it, a big problem. Steve Wicks, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing that we can't overlook is that we're dealing with human beings, people. So you have to make a connection. And sometimes a connection is just one person. And so whether, whether that be, you know, the owner's, uh, you know, handshaking at the, at, the front, at, the, at the cash register or, you know, you're supporting a, a local uh, charity event, uh, you know, putting your banner up or, you know, having a staff with, uh, you know, your, your logos all over their shirts. Um, you got to be present and uh, you have to do everything you can to just find a way to connect with your consumers. People, I'm sorry, Mark, can I, can I just add one sure. thing to yeah, that? Yeah. And I don't want to be a contrarian to any of the answers that were given here. Uh, and yes, I will be the first one to agree that parking is a major issue. It certainly is in Lindbrook. It certainly is in Bethpage and in Floral Park. When I go to sister communities like Rockville Center, or even when I go back into the city, if you go to areas like Park Slope, Fifth uh, Avenue, Sixth Avenue, Seventh Avenue, these are main streets with very vital parking, with very vital businesses, local retailers, small retailers that that people go to all the time. And I don't have to tell you what parking is like in the city. And parking is also a challenge in Rockville Center. So I think one of the things that we need to challenge our own retailers with is to give the consumer a reason to shop with them. And I think a little bit is getting lost where the consumer, where, where rather our businesses feel that by virtue of the fact that they opened a store on a main street that the business should just come pouring in. And they need to get a little bit more creative creative in terms of how they do business, create a more positive experience for their customer, make them want to come back. And they have to learn this is not about price. You play the price game, you are going to lose every time. So you need to bring something else to the table that will attract customers and make them want to come back to you. I think that's fair. That's a good point. You know, I hear people complain about businesses disappearing from downtowns oh, I can't believe that restaurant closed or that clo you know, clothing shop. But I, what I notice is that people don't equate how they spend their money with the condition of their downtown. If you want a vibrant downtown where people socialize, where the walkability, you've got to shop local. And that's a message I know the Nassau Council of Chambers, they've been on this program before we've talked about, um, but it's a message that people have to drive home. You can't bemoan the fact that you lost a great little restaurant. Well, did you ever go there? Well, I never got around to it. You know, okay, well, that's what's going to happen. But your point's a good one. It's got to be more than just I'm open for business, so ring my cash register. Uh, moving on. Terry, ask a president, what would you like to ask? Well, as I mentioned earlier, Beth Page is an unincorporated hamlet in the town of Oyster Bay. And over the years, there's been serious discussion in incorporating Beth Page and to the point where we've spoken with attorneys of how do we go about doing this. Um, I'm curious to both Steves because they both come and from lovely villages. As a matter of fact, I told them on the break, I own a Century 21. I have sold properties in both of their villages and just lovely. Mm. And um, I'm curious how they, as chamber executive members, how they communicate with the village. Um, now, obviously, they're, they don't have the experience that that we have, that we deal with the town of Oyster Bay. Um, so they might not have anything relative to compare it to. But I'm just curious, do they find that the village and the elected officials in the villages work very closely with them? Do they find that uh, it's sometimes adversarial? I'm, I'm curious about the experience. I, I would say it's a little bit of both. And I, I don't want to say that there's an adversarial relationship between myself and Mayor Beach, but when we disagree, we discuss about it, and we both understand that at the end of the day, it's for the good of the village of Lindbrook. Uh, there, there's, there's an added dynamic and a kind of a luxury that, that both Steve and I have, being a, a president of a chamber of commerce in a village, in that we have that local government to go to. <clears throat> Pardon me, I'm sorry. Uh, and, and we can cooperate on certain things and talk 
certain things out and just put out the message that both the Chamber of Commerce and your local government support this and it's important for the constituency to discuss it mm -hmm. as well. So there's definitely a benefit to having that additional layer of government that is that localized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we have, a, uh, we have a committee in the Flow Park Chamber uh, that is uh, active uh, on a regular basis in talks with uh, everything that's going on and uh, even through the whole process of, um, you know, the uh, the um, Empire State Development Company coming in and, and talking about their plans for uh, the third track, uh, the Flow Park uh, Village Board, Dom, uh, Mayor Dominic Longobardi was always at our meetings, had some type of representation, so they were uh, excellent when it came to, you know, being active in, and filling us in filling a membership in as to how things were uh, kind of moving forward or, or things that they were very concerned about. And, uh, you know, they, they support us and we support them. And I think it's just important to have the open communication to, um, you know, to build a better community. Thank mm. you. Uh, Steve Wicks, we've got just a couple minutes left, but a uh, sure question thing. for you for one of our presidents. Yeah. So, um, Obviously, as business moves forward, uh, technology and the way that we use social media are huge. So um, I'm curious as to how you guys take advantage of that, uh, specifically maybe through YouTube. Now that's, that's interesting that you started with YouTube because mm -hmm. it's probably one of the social media outlets that we aren't taking advantage mm -hmm. of. So I consider this a personal challenge to be able to do a better job at that. Um, trying to deflect a little bit, uh, <laughs> we, we have a very, very well-engaged uh, Facebook fan page mm -hmm. that seems to be getting a lot of play. We publicize almost anything on that that might be of interest to Lindbrook residents so we can keep them looking to us as a channel of information. Uh, we regularly send out uh, email blasts which will discuss goings-on in the chamber, goings-on in the village. That's not just for our membership. Anybody who has any interest in the village of Lindbergh can certainly sign up for that newsletter. And uh, we're also on Instagram. There's, there's a lot of visual stuff that's going on that's of interest and and we're right there with it and uh, I'm, I'm gonna throw a shout out to my vice president mike davies who was really the one who got us on board with that so we we owe a great debt of gratitude to him and on youtube i will say my own personal business in century 21 we utilize it quite a bit but with the chamber i agree with steve uh we have to rise to that challenge. We have a website, which presently, um, me, myself, and I maintain. And when I say presently, I'm very, very excited to announce we just this month hired an administrative assistant, which I understand a lot of the Chamber of Commerces are making a move in that direction. With that, we'll be working with the Chamber Masters Program. I'm curious if mm -hmm. any of the other chambers work with that. And we are going to be revitalizing our entire website, utilizing the Chamber Masters, um, and that will be through the administrative assistant, which frees up um, the executive board and the other members to do the things that we spoke a lot about today, about building businesses, making special, connecting with the community, because that's so vital that we that they understand and who we are. But we don't have the time to go out and press flesh when we're busy, um, you know, maintaining all of this. We also have a very active Facebook page that we do communicate directly with the community. Okay. Well, um, I think a new website is a step in the right direction mm -hmm. for you because yeah, I know you've so. been running that all by yourself, and that's uh, yeah. another thing. Anyway, special thanks to my three guests today, Steve Wangle, president of the Lindbrook Chamber of Commerce, Terry Catapano-Black. She is the executive board member for the Bethpage Chamber, and, of course, Steve Wicks, president with the Floral Park Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Um, Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. Visit wcwp.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. Special guest, uh, special thanks to my superstar engineer, Ryan Collins. Coming up, Project Independence and you. My name is Mark Snyder. Thanks for listening.